Hello and welcome to Lab Talk. Today our guest is Dr. Squimphus. Dr. Squimphus is the faculty advisor for the Joseph J. Wartison Food Processing Center. She is also the associate director of the Midwest Dairy Food Research Center. She judges the local and national dairy product contests and coaches the collegiate dairy product evaluation contest team. Hello, Dr. Squamfus. Foremost, I would like to thank you very much for being our guest today. Um, could you please tell us about yourself and career progression, your career progression as a leader and ex expert within the dairy product industry? Okay, well, so I'm, I'm from California and I grew up on a hobby farm and um, had dairy goats and dairy replacement heifers, so I got very interested in, in milk but I knew I didn't really um, necessarily want to, to raise the animals. So I um, wound up going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They had a dairy science program where it was focused on, uh, where they had dairy products and we actually processed milk and cheese. And um, so I got to, I really loved it then when I got to uh, just work with, the, with that product and, and it's, it's artisan when you make cheese. So it's, it's very fun. Sure. And I got um, some experience um, and internships working in a couple of dairy plants. And then I discovered I probably didn't want to work in a dairy plant full time. Um, I would rather work in R&D and I really needed a graduate degree. And I was a good student. Um, so I also did a year in New Zealand for study abroad. Highly recommend studying somewhere else uh, more than just a few weeks. If you can go for a full year and not have it impact your program too much, it's pretty amazing. Um, learning in another place. And then I was at Virginia Tech and LSU for master's and PhD, still working on dairy products. And, wow. uh, and then before becoming a professor, I worked at General Mills for 11 and a half years. So I was obviously in your place since I love dairy products. But then I did spend three and a half years in international. So I got to work on um, uh, dough products, baked products like cakes, um, refrigerated pasta. It was really fun and I to travel to a lot of uh, facilities that General Mills has around the world. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I saw on your resume that uh, you also are a judge for dairy product contests. Yep. Yep. So I help uh, I judge ice cream for the National Ice Cream Retailers Association. I've judged cheese at different contests. I have a, um, a team. We have a dairy product evaluation team where we practice and we compete against other college students, so um, both undergrad and graduate. And so um, that's really competitive and really fun. And then the students get to learn, you know, about sensory evaluation. It's, it's more from a grading perspective, but then they get to learn like common defects, where they come from, you know, um, what, what causes them. So then that helps them when they go into industry, if they're working on, especially dairy products, they're going to know what light will do to milk. Um, sure oxidation so these are common things in food science and so they get the the skills to be able to smell and taste for them too very interesting from the time that you started your career in the food science industry or specifically the dairy product industry how has it evolved in terms of manufacturing and product development so um i don't think manufacturing has evolved a huge amount other than maybe we have more tools now for ingredients 
Um, you know, there's always new ingredients being developed, whether it's, you know, enzymes that help you to do things or um, different starches, emulsifiers. Uh, clean label has gotten to be, you know, more of a focus. So um, food product scientists that work on the ingredient side, you know, they're developing these things to be um, more natural, or maybe they're just using, you know, a process or uh, to change kind of the, the properties of the ingredient. Um, you know, things have changed as far as, you know, data and being able to search and find stuff. When I was in grad school, you know, we didn't have a World Wide Web. So right. any kind of product research, you had to uh, do looking in books, looking in journal articles, and really, really digging. And so most food companies also then had a really good library. And I know a lot of them have kind of gotten rid of it because they think everything's online, which really isn't entirely true. Uh, people true. don't reinvent, you know, things that have already been researched. And, you know, some of the really old books, they might not even, been, you know, I'm talking really old. They might not necessarily know exactly why things happened. There's this old cheese book, Vance Like and Price, I love to use. But they're spot on with everything, with their observations. They're probably better than most people are these days in, you know, understanding the role of pH and calcium and, um, they don't necessarily know exactly what's going on, you know, with the proteins or whatever, but they know what they can do to manipulate the texture. And um, so going back to old literature is always a good idea because they, they might have these insights and observations. They might not have all the results for why it happens, but a lot of times they do. We just don't like to think they knew everything then. But. Right, right. Try to encourage students, go to the library. You know, you can't do everything from your computer. And that actually is a, if I just jump ahead to things that bother me sometimes, it's, you know, if I know more of the literature than my grad student and they're working on really focusing on something, that's bad because they should be able to blow me away because they're focused on it. They should be really researching the topic. And, you know, pre-Google doesn't mean it's not relevant. You have to sometimes go and scan them, uh, read them, look at the, the different um, sources of information. Yeah, definitely. Internet and just like, it has made it very easy to search mm -hmm. for one specific topic or yeah. one specific field of uh, interest. You are absolutely correct. And I'm guilty of that. You know, um, I, I am a millennial student and uh, Google definitely made searching for specific uh, thing like specific things it made it very easy yeah but you don't know how they're organizing what you're going to see first Definitely. and what you're not seeing that's right um and the next question that i would like to ask is uh obviously within your role within your lab role you have many regulatory oversight uh what are some of the toughest aspects of your job well honestly i think i have not enough oversight in some cases when when you get into like medical fields and stuff you have lots lots of oversight for for my area you know we do have oversight with um research protocols especially if you're working with laboratory animals you know that's really um highly regulated but for a very good reason and so you know you just have to plan ahead and make sure you you request um things ahead of time and turn in your protocols and and listen and you know interact with the people that are overseeing it so that you can do things correctly 
we also have um, for humans. So we have to do um, IRB, so basically responsible research. So for sensory evaluation, you still have to be sure, you know, you're not causing harm, that your questionnaires are written appropriately, that people get the appropriate disclosures so that, you know, if they have an allergen or something, a food allergen, you're not going to harm them. So you do have to um, abide by those kind of things. And those are within every university, but the oversight is federal government. Because if you don't do those things correctly, then you lose the ability to get federal grants if you're doing things poorly. So the, the biggest examples of problems you usually see is related to ethics in you know, medical research, where you also have this issue where you know, maybe some of the funding's coming from outside, or maybe the researcher has a vested interest if they've patented something. You know, should they be overseeing research with people when they're going to make a lot of money if they get good results, right? So but for food science, we don't typically have those big issues. I mean, you could have those problems. Like I have a, a fiber that we've submitted a patent for. So if I was really, you know, trying to do things unethically, you know, I wouldn't, you know, maybe I would gloss over risks or something to just to try to get things tested or get them out there. But so those are kind of the biggest oversight areas. And then when you're on federal grants, especially, they're very uh, concerned about your um, data and making sure you're collecting your data appropriately. And then other people in the future are going to be able to see your data. So how you save files, um, you know, Excel isn't something, you know, they change versions all the time. And then at some point you might not be able to get it back. So you have to save it in archival formats or you're supposed to. And um, so that's something then that I have to worry about with my lab is make sure you're, you're saving. I'm probably not on them enough about what version of Excel, but they also, everything has to be written down, printed out, and then put into a physical lab notebook. So then we could always re-get that data out. You can't just have it on an Excel spreadsheet um, because, you know, it can get lost, it can get corrupted. And then, you know, I want it in multiple places. So in the cloud, on your machine, print it out, scanned, you know, you scan it into our Google Docs. If it is a, a lab notebook, then get it into an electronic format. So, because I always say, if you get hit by a bus, wouldn't you like to get your degree posthumously? Yeah. <laughs> so you need the data. And then also, you know, it's, it's funded. So you want the... Um, you do have an obligation then to make sure you can finish the research out because you've been paid to, to do it by whoever is funding the project. Absolutely. So you guys use, uh, what kind of softwares do you guys use? Uh, is it Microsoft, <laughs> basically? For usually, usually it's basically Microsoft, but then there's proprietary software for pretty much every instrument we have. So our um, high-pressure liquid chromatograph, HPLC, one of them, it's a Beckman. It's got its special Beckman software. I have a Shimazu, it's got a Shimazu software. I've got this other software program for, we have an add-on to the HPLC, so the Beckman software won't work, so it's, it's a national scientific-based um, software. So there's tons of proprietary software. So trying to make sure the students get the data out of that, you know, usually you could just do a data dump into Excel, some sort of a CSV file, right. um, and then printing, PDFs of the chromatograms and such. Do you use any sort of uh, 
regulatory software to manage your lab? No, I don't. Um, most of the newer software comes with the ability to do that. Um, we're at a lockdown thing, so you can't, you know, you won't be able to, you won't save over files, you can't change things. Um, and then generally they don't let you do that kind of stuff anyway, but um, no, we don't for our lab um, and for my research, but for medical, they, they have to. Absolutely, right. Uh, the next question is, uh, what are your expectations from a candidate that wants to work within your research lab? Well, I like that if they're interested in the, that area, in the type of research. Um, a lot of students, it's a stepping stone. They're really just, you know, interested in getting their job later. Um, and, and that's fine, but really I'd like it when they, they are interested. Um, I want them, though, to also, you know, to work hard and get their, their work done, but then I also do expect them to develop themselves professionally, like get involved in Institute of Food Technologists, the Food Science Club, you know, maybe join my judging team, maybe, you know, do something else like a product development team, because those are the kind of things that, that set you up for your future career. So I expect them to do that. And then I also, if they, you know, haven't done internships, if they want to do an internship in the summer, the grad students, I, I do let them do that. A lot of labs won't because it can't extend the amount of time it takes them to finish because you're kind of expecting they're going to get a lot of work done in the summers. But um, I think it's really important that they do that professional development. Right. And I help them get a job later. Um, in terms of uh, talking about the job and career, uh, what do you have? What do you? What are your advice to students that are graduating with the food science program and they're looking for, for opportunities uh, that are like outside of uh, like research? So I mean, the first thing is if you're looking, if you're only thinking about it when you graduate, you're probably a little late. They should start as freshmen looking at how they develop their CV. And there is help at the universities. You know, every university has a career center. So make sure you're thinking about how do I develop it. They don't, companies don't care if you had straight A's. They, right. care, they care if you can uh, work with other people, if you show initiative. Um, you know, but a lot of it is about your, your people skills. So being able to show you've taken on leadership roles, whether it's, you know, a student club or um, especially if it's like for us, Institute of Food Technologists, you know, the Food Science Club, getting involved in the local, maybe even the national level in leadership roles. Um, for us, product development contests, even if you don't want to go into R&D, uh, it shows that you can work with a group. Because everybody knows about group projects in school. A lot of people hate them, right? Because you've right. got people having to work together. Some people want to get things done early. Some people, they don't work that way. Um, some people will just ride along on somebody else's coattails and let them do a good job because they know they're going to want an A. And it's like, you know, if I don't do my work, there's, I'm still going to get an A because they're not going to let the grade fail. You know, they're not going to fail. Right. So, you know, you have all those things. but. Um, when you go and work in the real world, you're going to have to work with people and you don't get to choose who you work with. You're going to be told and you're going to be working on teams. And um, so you have to know how to interact with people. So showing like on a product development contest or other things at least shows that you have um, those skills. Um, 
somewhat. And then practice interviews. You really want to take advantage of the universities. They do have, um, all of them will have uh, the ability to have you practice an interview because certain questions are going to be asked pretty much by everybody. Like explain when you've faced an adverse situation. How did you handle it? You know, you want to be thinking about those things ahead of time and not just sit there and, uh, I never have had one. Right. <laughs> so that's not going to go very well. So, you know, really try to think about what are the questions that you're going to get asked. Um, and then as far as looking for a job, you know, use your network, make sure you're on LinkedIn um, and start developing that. If you've made friends with other students in your program, you know, you probably then can, if you've, connected via LinkedIn, you can find out where they're at. And maybe right. that helps you find out if there are job openings. In terms of finding the right career, what are your advice? Well, don't think if you, you know, sometimes you might get into something and you think, oh my God, this isn't what I wanted to do. I don't think there is a right career. It's whatever um, you find exciting. You can always change. Um, you know, I was a product developer. I was doing really well. I loved my job. But then, you know, this position came at the University of Minnesota. It's a totally different job. Yeah, it's still dairy products, but now I'm, you know, managing students. I'm doing research. I'm having to get grants. It's, it's not, it's actually more difficult and it pays less. But, it, you know, it's more satisfying. I get to work with students and get to see them go out. Um, so, don't think you're going to be, if, if you get in a situation where you don't like the position, um, probably a good idea to stick it out a couple years and then look for something else. It, it's really, you have to kind of get in touch with yourself and see, and you might not know right away, um, what do I like to do? What do I like about this job? What do I not like about this job once you get into it? And then try to talk to people and ask them what do they do in their jobs? Maybe... You know, if you wind up in R&D, I had a friend who um, got bored in that because it's lots of meetings. Right. You know, you, you don't get to launch products every week or even every year. You know, you might get one big product launch in your whole career. Right, right. It's, it's, a, lot of times it's a lengthy process. Yeah. So, you know, or a lot of times it's just you get a certain point, then they kill the project. You get a certain point, they kill the project. Um, so he, he liked actually quality because there's always stuff going wrong. It's a lot, it was a lot more exciting and interesting to him and to be in a plant. You're firefighting all the time. You never are bored. You're always running around. Sorry, we're in the middle of a thunderstorm. I'm going to close the window sure. and make it a little quieter. Sure, sure. <laughs> but we're getting... A lot of rain, and it probably maybe it's going to start hailing soon. <laughs> right. Um, and the next question is, um, in terms of advice for new undergrad students, students that are sort of like debating between a right field to get into, it could be like biology, they're thinking, chemistry, food science, and uh, what would be the best way for them, do you suggest, to choose? Try to get a job. Try to, try to get... You know, even if it's like a part-time or an internship and just see what the job is like. I was, you know, I've always wondered when I went to grad school, you know, I'd, I'd done my undergrad in dairy products. And part of it, I got into that because I knew they were, there were good jobs afterwards. 
But then I got to my master's and there were all these students that came in from biology and chemistry and they hadn't been in food science or, and I said, well, what did you think you were going to do with biology? You know, they didn't know. And then they realized, well, I wanted something a little more applied. So then I went into food science. They just knew they liked biology, but then they, they saw that maybe there wasn't the type of jobs they wanted. So really you got to start early and try to get internships, try to just maybe get interview people, see if somebody will talk to you about what they do in their job. Um, we have really good mentoring programs at the U of M where there's alumni who volunteer and then you get hooked up with an industry mentor. So it's like talk to them about it and then maybe they know somebody you could talk to if it's not the field they're in. But really just do your research and don't just totally focus on classes and wait till the end to find out more about other careers. It happens a lot with food science. Students don't know about it, right? Um, yeah. So if you get to the end of undergrad and then you realize, well, I would have liked to do that, then maybe you could get into grad school. Um, but food companies also hire people that don't have food science degrees too. That's true. Mm -hmm. That is definitely true. Yeah, I, I absolutely um, encourage a lot of students like myself, like uh, that, hey, like, definitely look at the industry first and uh, the opportunities and what they require before jumping into the major that you're like, oh, I like this. Yeah, sort of exactly. Like blindfolded. And uh, you invest five years of your study and you come out, you're like, all right, now I got to find a job to pay the student loan and student debt and all of that. And you're like, all right, this is not what I, I was expecting. And yeah. So, yeah, definitely. You have to do the investigation prior to the search. So, yes. um, the job search. Well, those uh, basically ends our um, interview for the day. And uh, at the end, I would like to thank you very much for taking the time again from your busy schedule um, to be our guest today. And uh, I wish you and all your lab members success and the best of luck. I know you work on many different uh, projects and research projects. And... Uh, Best of luck on that, and uh, I truly appreciate your time. Thank you. It was very fun. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. This episode was brought to you by GMP Limbs. GMP Limbs provides your lab with solutions to key challenges in quality assurance, quality control, resource management, and regulatory compliance. For more information, check out their website at gmplims.com. Until the next episode, everybody, goodbye.